0: The pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DiPietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering, let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system, energy-efficient, quiet, You're listening to the John DePetro Show weekdays, folks. We start at 11. We go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, petro.com. Time for our legal segment with me. He is uh, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. He is attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, I want to start off with the situation in Wisconsin because, um, obviously, I mean, there's been unbelievable unrest. You have the NBA now is uh, boycotting. All because of this man, you know. They're saying shot seven times in the back. But the more information we're getting, I, I mean, they get to the scene. It is domestic, come some kind of disturbance. um He's not following police commands. Now we learn that they're saying drop the knife. he's got a, a knife, a weapon was found inside the vehicle. They've even now said that they were trying to taser him and wasn't even working. Now, you know, you deal with cases sometimes, police officers charged with excessive force. I, I'd like to start off and hear your thoughts on this case in
1: Wisconsin. It's impossible, John, to really conclude exactly what happened here. Um these videos cut both ways in in many instances. They can always be used to mean certain things by prosecutors and certain things by defense counsel. Um, I think that there's been an initial um, rush to judgment and a rush to conclusion. Uh, You're correct. Um, The cops were called to the house where this guy was. Apparently he was not supposed to be there. I'm not sure if it was a restraining order, but he didn't have the right to be there. he was interfering with what was going on in the home. Um, if you look at this guy, he had a um, significant previous criminal record. Um, so the cops show up and he is uncooperative, um, to say the least. Ultimately, he's removed from the house. Um, more cops come because he's being uncooperative. He's being apparently combative. Um, It's quite a scene, yelling and screaming, very emotional. Uh, Apparently, I understand he's tased. That doesn't bring him down. He keeps going after being tased, which um, is not normal. It's not typical. Typically, if you're tased, you know it and you stop um, resisting and you're typically on the ground. Uh, Didn't happen with this guy, and um, they keep telling him to stop and he's resisting and he's resisting and he's not cooperating. He goes to his car. They say, drop the knife. um, And he is shot. Now, should he have been shot seven times? Um, That's going to be debatable. Did the police use excessive force in or one cop or maybe more than one in shooting the man seven times to try to get him subdued. Um, If the cop had a reasonable fear for the life of the officer who did the shooting because of the knife situation, it can be seen as justified. Potentially. I say potentially. Um, I'm sure the officer is going to say I was in fear for my life because he was going for a weapon and um, we were in close proximity and um, I had to respond. Like most of these cases, uh, whether the cop is in the right or whether the cop is in the wrong. Um, it's difficult to place oneself in the position of that cop who has to make that split-second decision. You know, Do I um, shoot or do I risk being shot or hurt or otherwise injured by the person who is not being cooperative? As we've said before, John, if you're being arrested, even if it's wrong, Even if they got the wrong person, you've had nothing to do with the incident in question, there's no crime. You don't have the legal right to resist arrest. You are supposed to submit to being arrested. If the cops have unlawfully arrested you, um, you might have a recourse to sue the police department for a civil rights violation, but you don't have the right to resist, to be combative, to fight with the cops, to wrestle with the cops and to try to resist them um, subduing you and placing you in custody. And it appears that most of these situations start, at least start, with someone who's resisting arrest, and then it escalates, and then it escalates, and it gets emotional, and then it's out of control. I'm not justifying the cops. I'm not condoning the conduct, but I, I always think that it's, almost impossible to put yourself in the shoes of the cop who commits the act of firing a service revolver. Um, Hindsight's perfect. We can always make the right choice when we're looking at the video days after the event. But when you're on the hot seat, it's much more difficult. But the narrative that the media puts out is white cop shoots black man seven times in the back. Yeah. And if that's all you read, you don't have the context of the entire video. Um, there's now a second video that's appeared, that has appeared, um, you can see it on YouTube, you can see it anywhere, um, which doesn't really help um, the claims that this man was um, a victim with no justification. It would tend to support that he was resisting arrest, scuffling with the cops, etc., Um The media will certainly jump on anything where there is the allegation of a white cop shooting a um, person of color. And the sad and the dreadful reality in this is this man who got shot may wind up being paralyzed for life. It's a dreadful outcome, which I'm sure no one was hoping for or anticipating or looking for. Um, Will this police officer be charged criminally? Who knows? There'll be an internal affairs investigation. This will probably go in front of a grand jury. And just as with the um, George Floyd case, as you learn more and more facts about how he was arrested and how he behaved and his background and what transpired between him and the cops that were on scene, um, By the time you get to a conclusion of looking through all the facts, it's a much different narrative than what the media gives you in the first instance. But that narrative in the first instance tends to be the one that sticks and it tends to be the one that precipitates uh, protests and violence.
0: You know, that's an excellent point, Tim Dodd. And folks, again, you're listening to the John DePietro show with his attorney, Tim Dodd. You go back to even Tim Dodd, the way this whole Black Lives Matter thing started. And that was a false account of when, in Ferguson, and uh, you know the, the the young man who Michael Brown, who was shot and killed, the, there was a eyewitness. The initial report was that he said he put his hands up and said hand, you know, had his hands up and didn't said don't sh-, uh, you know, my hands were up, don't shoot. And then when they then broke out the facts of the case, at no point did they find where Michael Brown. Uh, you know he said put your hands up and then he did that and then he didn't shoot if, if anything the, but the truth came out was that he was wrestling with the officer trying to get his gun away from him that he had punched the officer just uh recently we had a situation in baltimore if you remember where there was someone shot and the word that would that went out on the street was that a child was shot and that resulted in horrible uh uh rioting and, and violence that night and now you know todd tim Todd, in this situation everything that has happened and that what we're finding out is he. When you hear someone was shot in the back seven times, it sounds as if they're literally running and then just shot anyway. And then you see this and it turns out that, you know, they were trying to use a stun gun and he was fighting with them. And, he, and then and one of the police yelling, drop the knife. So they thought he had a knife, but there was a knife found. But then, you know, this is a couple of days after. Pivoting into the George Floyd situation, everything that has happened this summer and so forth, uh, Tim Dodd, what we're hearing now is they're saying that that he and it it would seem there is video that showed that he was nervous when the police got there that he may have taken whatever drugs he had to try to get it into a system so they couldn't find it and i i think they're now saying they believe that he basically overdosed on on fentanyl which means that uh, granted the officer shouldn't have that chauvin shouldn't have had his his knee on his neck but this thing may all come out that that that's that they that, that's what caused the death
1: yes and the media doesn't seem to be much concerned about no. the new revelations about um, what the autopsy of uh, George Floyd showed what it apparently showed and there's disputed reports there's been approximately three um, reviews of the autopsy results and the toxicology results from his autopsy clearly he had a very high amount of fentanyl in his system. And as we know, that's could That's in many cases been the cause of death of many folks. Drugs. They wind up taking intentionally or unintentionally too much fentanyl and they die. It's, it's tragic. It's a horrible situation. This man, um, there was an autopsy um, report saying that he had a lethal amount of fentanyl in his system. And Had he been found dead in his apartment uh, and they had done an autopsy, they would have chalked up his death to another drug overdose. Now, this finding, even if true, would not vindicate or necessarily get Officer Chauvin off the hook criminally because the act of um, kneeling on his neck for approximately eight minutes or so Um, could be seen as a superseding, intervening cause of death, and he could not avoid his responsibility for his conduct contributing it, at the very least, to the man's death. Um, That will certainly, if this matter were to go to trial, be a certain extenuating circumstance that the defense would bring up this will become, if it goes to trial, largely a battle of medical experts as to um, if if the if the guy had if the officer had leaned and put his weight in his knee on um, George Floyd's neck, and he had not been um, so precariously close to overdosing on fentanyl, would kneeling on the neck without the compromised um, uh, cardiovascular system have led to death. My understanding that when they did the autopsy, uh, George Floyd's lungs were two to three times the normal size uh, because of the drugs he had consumed, which made his oxygen supply uh, much more compromised. So you kneel on George Floyd's neck with all that fentanyl in his system, very dangerous. The question for the medical experts will be, if he had not been in such a state and his neck had been leaned on, would that have resulted in his death? Um, I still think Officer Chauvin's got a very difficult hand to play. I don't think that this autopsy um, revelation will result in him necessarily being found not guilty. It could result in the charges to which he might plead at some point being reduced. And let's assume the medical evidence supports the fact that he should not be found guilty of murder in the second degree, um, or he gets something like involuntary manslaughter. That'll precipitate more uh, protests and violence, because, again, the first narrative is the one that sticks and when these cops are either a vindicated or found not to be criminally responsible, um, if the facts bear that out, um, that becomes an unacceptable result for those protesting and it precipitates more protests and violence. So it's a very tricky wicket for prosecutors to deal with these cases.
0: Folks, again, uh, we're talking with attorney, Tim Dodd, a lot more head, Quick break. But uh, stay tuned. A lot more ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals. 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers...
2: Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com.
0: It's John DiPietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website dipietro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by West Fountain Auto Body. Now, you know, I didn't make a big deal about it, but my vehicle was actually damaged uh, by some of the protesters when I was covering one of the protests. I didn't make a huge deal about it i wouldn't want to be the focal point but it's true some of the uh protesters they did they damaged my vehicle they broke the window on the side of my car so what did i do i brought it to west fountain auto body and you can call them today 272-3340 i had to get it fixed it was obviously damaged they also damaged part of the door and so i took it to west fountain i called Kenny. At West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. It's Kenny and Patricia, West Fountain folks. They did a fantastic job. With me, I mean, that's there was only one place I was going to bring it. I needed to get my car fixed. Now, listen, if you're ever in an automobile accident, something happens to your vehicle, and you need to get it repaired, call West Fountain Auto Body, 272-3340, 272-3340, the original, the best right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex it's West Fountain Auto Body call them today 272-3340 they'll handle everything for you if you're in an accident something happens to your car bring it to West Fountain 400 West Fountain Street Providence right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex West Fountain Auto Body We're speaking with Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, I'd actually like to stay uh, with the Wisconsin situation, especially the 17-year-old now who's charged with the murder of two Black Lives Matter protesters during the riots. And uh, they released his name, Kyle Rittenhouse, and he's got the, um, I believe, AR-15 slung over his shoulder. So this is – we don't know all the facts of this case either, but supposedly he says, I'm going to be a vigilante to protect uh, – to protect some of the businesses that are there, so he he's got his gun, and I guess in Wisconsin where he is, when you're under eighteen, you're not supposed to have an AR-15, but he does. But he says, "I'm going to go and protect." And uh, and I I don't have we don't have all the details yet, but maybe he's under the impression, hey, if if I'm a vigilante and I have a weapon, I'm going to go to protect them. If someone comes after me, I have the right to fire upon them. But uh, he he has been under arrest. So I know the details are all still coming out. Now, the media, of course, instead of trying to get to the they're putting more attention that this this kid attended a Trump rally than they are trying to get out. There's more news about that than there is the fact that that Jacob Blake even had a knife. But um, what about this uh, 17 year old who's now charged with these two murders?
1: Well, he is 17, so at the outset, he would be, again, I don't practice law in Wisconsin, obviously, but in Rhode Island, this case would start out in the family court because he's 17, and ultimately, there would be a waiver hearing as to whether he should be waived out of the family court system and be tried as an adult, even though he's under age, and that that waiver hearing would involve things like um, his past juvenile record, and um, the depravity of the crime. In his case, again, we've got a video which shows exactly what was happening. Um, he's a young man, not he's a 17 year old kid, and he's walking around with an AR-15, which is not good. He seems to be a zealous um, supporter of law enforcement, a zealous um, fan of um, weapons. And as you've pointed out, a Trump supporter. So naturally, the media will clam onto that, that he's a Trump yeah. supporter. In the first instance, uh, it sounds like based upon some of his social media posts, if I was his attorney, I'd be recommending a competency hearing or have him evaluated to see if he's mentally competent. Yeah. It, it sounds like... Um, not the normal 17 year old, <laughs> excuse me, who crosses state lines to think he's going to be a vigilante. Now, he's a vigilante who suddenly is being chased down the street by a, a number of people. Um, one of them is whack, trying to whack him in the head with a skateboard. Now, that doesn't, if you're being chased by a crowd and you get hit in the head with a skateboard, that does not authorize you to turn around and shoot the person and kill him. That would be what we call imperfect self-defense. There's not a need to respond to that sort of attack with lethal force. So if he says, this was self-defense, I thought I was going to be you know, killed by this mob, I think he's got a very difficult defense if that's the best he's going to come up with. This reading, what I've been able to see about this guy again, I think a competency hearing is an order. He sounds like he's an unbalanced young man. Um, and if he's found to be incompetent for whatever reason, that will not satisfy the folks who are protesting about his act. Um, it's a very odd situation. <laughs> he, if you watch, I know you watch the video, he shoots two people, He in, he injures a third he leaves the scene the crowd's still following him telling the cops he just shot two people he the, the shooter holds up his hands in surrender and all the police vehicles just go driving past him like, yeah. like he was invisible <laughs> it was a very it was a very peculiar situation and he managed to leave the scene and return to i believe the state of illinois before yeah. they figured out who he was and the crowds t- yelling at the cops this guy just shot people. Yeah. No reaction. Very strange.
0: Tim, it's a little bit, uh, not to get too off track, but, you know, once in a while you hear about these stories, it reminds me of the old movie um, Death Wish with Charles, Branson, uh, Bronson, yeah, Charles Bronson, who uh, he was a vigilante who would purposely get armed. He'd walk around the streets of New York at the time and uh, almost enticing some of the criminals to go after him. And then, you know, somebody would see a guy walking alone, along riverside drive in the upper West side. And then as they went to then like rob him, he would then instead pull out his weapon and, and, and shoot them. Now, you know, that got a huge reaction, New York and crowds in movie theaters in the late seventies were standing and applauding when the death wish films came out. We could be heading back to that type of thing, but at the same time in, in the movie as in real life, as you say, um, as much as someone wants to be a vigilante there are rules against that and and that's interesting the kid may say hey i was just defending myself i was afraid for my life and i the kid swung a skateboard at me or hit me in the head and so forth but to have an ar15 in that type of situation now there are two people dead um that that, that goes out it seemingly is going outside that's not the same as staying your ground
1: No, it's not. And, you know, Wisconsin apparently is an open carry. He had the right to have that gun. I'm not sure he had the right as a 17-year-old, but he had the right to be walking around. And apparently there were many other, quote-unquote, vigilantes um, standing guard outside various businesses around the city to protect it from, you know, destruction if the mob saw fit to start attempting to loot and uh, burn and otherwise destroy um, businesses. I'm not here to talk about politics, but this whole notion of vigilantes and militias speaks to the narrative that, well, if, if um, cities are not going to control these riots and yeah. if the police are told you can't really do too much about it, or the police figure if we do something, we're going to be chastised, we're gonna be um, scapegoated, um, and they essentially stand down and don't do anything well, if the cops can't do anything and if the city officials won't do anything, it's not unreasonable to uh, predict that these types of vigilantes will emerge to try to do something to maintain control and order. Clearly, what this guy did was not correct, and I'm not endorsing vigilantism, but it almost becomes, if you're talking about the political side of this, um, a foregone conclusion that these groups are going to emerge to counter the lawlessness that's um, being experienced by so many cities with ineffectual um, city government and cops who are either told to do nothing or say to heck with it. I'm not going to do anything.
0: I also just want to, before we take a break, uh, Tim, a lot of this, since this whole thing started, it also has really demonstrated how strict (laughs) rail and gun laws are. I mean, in Michigan, they had long guns inside the state house. Same thing in, uh, in I think in, in Pennsylvania. Now here, this kid, he's in Wisconsin, walking in the street with an AR-15. Uh, Tim Dodd, what would be the reaction if someone started walking through Kennedy Plaza with an AR-15 like that?
1: It's unimaginable. I mean, you know, and I always think of Wisconsin as a pretty liberal state. I was quite surprised to learn that they were an open carry state. I would think Texas. Yeah, sure. Arkansas or like Mississippi, yeah, maybe, but not Wisconsin.
0: Holy cow. Folks, uh, we're going to take a quick break, a lot more ahead with attorney Tim Don right here on the John DePijo show. MEGA truck and trailer appear. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508 336 2110. 508 336 2110 MEGA, MEGA. And also, ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, mega truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508 336 2110. 508 336 2110. It's mega truck and trailer repair.
3: the web at www.innovast.com
0: if it's time for a new roof call r&r roofing today at 401-823-1330 r&r roofing have you been thinking about getting maybe it's time for repair that roof maybe it is time for a new roof all types of shingle flat roofs you know it's so important for your structure whether at home or work you need a roof folks that is what keeps nothing else matters in your home if you don't have a solid roof, call R Roofing Today. All work is guaranteed. Call for a free estimate at 401 823 1330 The owner, Richard Rossi, over 40 years in business. Call RR Roofing Today. Call for a free free estimate. All work is guaranteed. 401-823-1330. Fully insured. And on top of that, Angie's List, award winner, over five years in a row. Now I've met with Richard. Folks, he cares. He cares attention to detail. And on top of that, impeccable cleanliness throughout the job. Job site is waterproof daily. Call for a free estimate. And all work is guaranteed. That makes such a difference. R&R Roofing. Now, if you're thinking of having your roof done, maybe it is time for a new roof. At least call At least call R&R Roofing and get a free estimate. 401-823-823. for r&r roofing you can also check out their website it's r and r roofingri.com call them 823-1330 it's r&r roofing we're speaking with attorney tim Dodd. tim um going through some other uh legal stories that are out there one is this is um very uh boy, the Washington Redskins, not only have they had problems, or the team formerly known as the Washington Redskins, now the Washington football team not only have they 've had problems on the field, but this seems like a, um, a real uh, explosion bombshell allegations of what was going on behind the scenes
1: yes th- this is a big deal, and it 's going to i predict get a lot more press in the coming days. Um, a couple of months ago, things started percolating that women were complaining about sexual harassment um, in the corporate offices, if you will, of the, what was then called the Washington Redskins. Lots of sexual harassment claims, uh, inappropriate sexual banter, inappropriate sexual innuendo—you um, know, things that should not be going on in any office. Um, you know, the women who complained at the time would be told, Hey, listen, this is, this is a guy's organization. This is, you know, sort of the, the, uh, atmosphere that, um, exists. If you don't like it, you shouldn't be here. There's lots of other people who would take your job in a, in a heartbeat. Um, in the first instance, when these, um, complaints came up, um, the executives or whoever was these to, to whomever these claims were reported had a duty to investigate and take remedial measures. Apparently that wasn't done. Now we're getting to the point that the team owner, Dan Snyder, is also getting jammed up for his participation in sexual harassment claims. The, 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 the leading claim against him is that um, he would get the cheerleaders to... Um, Pose for uh, calendars um, for um, and they'd sell them for charity and as the cheerleaders would be changing in and out of various outfits for the photographers, um, you know at certain points they 'd be topless they 'd be bottomless, certainly that stuff didn't make its way into the calendar, but it was captured on video or still pictures and um, Dan Snyder would make sure that he got his own. Um, real of all the best parts of um, women in compromising or nude um, situations. And they were unaware that he had this material um, until it leaked out. He would also, at least on one occasion, um, suggest to one of the cheerleaders when they were at some event that maybe she wants to go up to the hotel, a hotel room with one of his buddies so that they could get to know each other better. And she demurred and didn't participate, but she was flabbergasted that the owner would do such a thing. So Dan Snyder's got his own problems. He now hires um, an outside law firm of his choosing to do a quote-unquote independent investigation. Now that this is out, the uh, NFL is saying, well, maybe your own personally picked investigator is not sufficient. We might want to step in and have our own Um, investigative team see what's going on here. And it sounds like if this is all true, this man could be in danger of losing his team. So this go back a little bit in history. Um, The owner of the Carolina Panthers, if you recall, he had to sell the team because of sexual harassment charges. He had to sell the team and get out of the league because of the allegations of his sexual harassment activities. And he also was involved with apparently racial slurs. And the same happened with um, Donald Sterling, who owned the L.A. Clippers. He had to sell just, I don't want to say just for, but it was not for sexual harassment. It was for racially insensitive comments um, that he made to his then girlfriend about um, minorities that she was associating with. That was enough to get the NBA to step in and he was ultimately pressured to sell the team. So if uh, Dan Snyder from the Washington football team um, is implicated as the press is reporting, it's likely he'll have to sell his interest in um, what used to be called the Redskins. Um, It's a very precarious thing these days. Um, Whatever sexual harassment, uh, misconduct people might have gotten away with 40 or 50 years ago, you cannot do it today. There's case after case after case of um, individuals losing businesses, you know, losing political positions, losing sports teams, and every other thing you can think of because it all comes out. Everyone's yep. recording, everyone's videoing. Um, nothing stays on the down low. It all comes out.
0: Folks, it's time for the two-minute drill where uh, each story we're going to do, we're going to do it under uh, two minutes, brought to you by P.R. Lansky Materials and Garden Center. Tim, the first one, uh, you know, I feel terrible for Kellyanne Conway, but I did get a, an email of someone asking about, Kellyanne Conway works at the White House for the president. She did speak at the convention, but she is uh, stepping back, and uh, her and her, her husband was part of the Lincoln Project, very critical of the president. But their daughter, who really has gone off the rails and was going on social media, was... Um, threatening that she was going to seek an emancipation boy that's something you don't hear a lot i was watching there's a television show the ozarks where the, one of the child wants an emancipation but um just i did have a question of one of our listeners asking what exactly is that well if
1: if if a person of age 15 wants to be emancipated from their parents and says that i can no longer live with either of them and i have the um intellectual, financial, and emotional stability that I can live on my own and I don't want to be under my parents' control, um, that would be a family court um, case. And if the family court justice decided that the young lady could remain um, independent and had the uh, appropriate um, Emotional and intellectual maturity and financial means of support to live independent from her folks. It's basically she'd be divorcing her parents for the purposes of them having the right as parents to. Um, influence or control or um, demand what conduct she does and what conduct she does not participate in. Um. This is another young lady who I think is um, crying out for a mental health assessment. She's all over the map, John. She's a kid. Um, She uh, is a zealous Trump hater. She tweets on all sorts of uh, social media platforms about Trump being an idiot, um, disparaging language. Uh, I think she's basically lashing out at her mother. Maybe she's not getting enough attention at home. Um, and maybe that's why Kellyanne Conway is stepping away. Yeah. Kellyanne Conway's got a husband who is a professional Trump hater and a daughter who's a professional Trump hater. Um, the dynamic within that household leaves much to question. So, you know, I hope for the, the sake of that family, they can straighten things out. But it sounds like a young lady acting out for attention.
0: Staying within the two minute drill, climate lawsuit dismissed at Providence Superior Court.
1: Yes, this was an interesting case. A group um, um, made a request of um, the um, state of Rhode Island to um, effectuate new um, rules and regulations which would have an impact on global warming. And they specifically made their request to um, the Rhode Island Department of Environmental Management. Um, The Department of Environmental Management rejected the suggestions So this group brought a cause of action in Providence Superior Court to attempt to compel uh, the Department of Environmental Management to adopt their recommendations. Um, The judge who heard the matter said, look, I'm concerned about global warming too, but this is the wrong forum for you to bring this type of action. You haven't articulated a particular person who's being harmed you haven't articulated any science which would demonstrate what harm is being done to the environment, what's the cause, and whether your suggested um, solutions or new policies would have an effect. So they're in the wrong forum. Now, they could well take this case up to the Rhode Island Supreme Court on a direct appeal. I they will lose on appeal. But it's just interesting that... Um, this type of group is bringing a cause of action here in Rhode Island, and I'm um, to understand that similar lawsuits are being brought in many jurisdictions around the country in different states to try to compel governmental participation in environmental rules and regs that this group is promoting, which would be um, tantamount to new, the New Green Deal type of um, policy implementation.
0: Tim Dodd, uh, Jerry Falwell, who's uh, stepping away from Liberty, he he may, he certainly has had some, uh, I guess maybe embarrassing headlines. Uh, certainly, with his position, it, it seems as though it was maybe unethical or just uh inappropriate. However, the allegations that are being made about this guy he said he was, I think, twenty years old. He was a pool boy in Miami and became friends with Falwell and the wife. um Seemingly, it doesn't seem that like there were any laws broken here. Just it seems more, perhaps inappropriate, perhaps, maybe, if, maybe if not even that, but um, but there's nothing unlawful that we've heard about this whole situation.
1: This one's very peculiar, and, and again, yeah. no, no, no conduct stays under the radar anymore. Um, so be careful how folks out there are behaving. Um, Jerry Falwell Jr. and his wife meet a pool boy at the Fountain Blue in Miami, and they get to be friendly. And ultimately, fast forward, the pool boy starts having a sexual affair, allegedly, with Mrs. Falwell. And allegedly, um, the affair lasts from I think 2012 to 2018. Um, the Falwells take the pool boy under their wing. Um, they buy, excuse me, a property, a hotel in Miami. The, the guy becomes an equity partner with them in this hotel project. He continues having a sexual affair with uh, the wife, apparently with Jerry Falwell Jr.'s knowledge. And the, the thing that gets Jerry Falwell in an embarrassing situation is apparently he liked to be in the room Um sort of hiding, but sort of peeking and watching his wife engage in sexual activities with, with the pool boy. Um, The business relationship between the Falwells and this guy sours, the sexual relationship ends. This guy, I guess, wanted to um, end his financial dealings with the Falwells and get paid out. Falwell said, no, you're trying to extort us. He says, no, I'm not, but okay. I'll bring this all out in the press. So he's brought it all out in the press. Falwell has been embarrassed. He's resigned his position as the president of Liberty University. Um, I guess he's going to be paid on his way out the door for his embarrassment. I believe it's $10.5 million. Wow! So that will help assuage his embarrassment. But um, it's another situation where it's very easy to get blown up uh, with these salacious stories in the media. Um, in the blink of an eye.
0: And Tim Dodd, finally, uh, this story um, seemingly just hangs out there, and it has to do with the member of the Hell's Angel now, his uh, case trying to get the judge to, uh, he wanted to have the judge recused. Uh, apparently, though, it's making its way through the legal system. And is this correct that it's now even arrived at the, or he's asking, he'd like it to be reviewed by the Rhode Island Supreme Court?
1: Yes. What, what, in this case, the uh, leader of the Hells Angels um, Club in Rhode Island was charged criminally, and the judge who um, is, got the case um, has a spouse who at one time was a state Rhode Island state trooper. And the state trooper, while employed in that capacity, um, was at times involved investigating cases for which he might have come into contact with some of the Hells Angels. Apparently the trooper had no specific involvement with this case or this particular defendant. The allegation is that the judge, being at home with the then state trooper and now retired state trooper, um, could be influenced or learn information which could affect her impartiality in hearing the case. Um, So defense counsel asks the judge to recuse. The judge says, no, I'm not going to recuse. Uh, They ask again. The judge once again says no. And the judge gave them a further opportunity after she first said no to develop more facts or prove that she was in some way going to be compromised or lose her impartiality just because her spouse is a retired state trooper who's now a police chief in one of the uh, towns in Rhode Island. It appears that defense counsel could never put forth sufficient articulable facts that the judge had a bias or had lost her impartiality. And the judge says, I'm not recusing. So defense counsel, on behalf of this guy, um, appealed to the Supreme Court. It's not a direct appeal. I I don't believe it's a direct appeal. I think it's a writ of certiorari. And they're asking the uh, Supreme Court to review the transcripts, review the evidence that was adduced, look at the arguments, and make an independent determination as to whether the trial justice was correct in refusing to recuse, or rather whether the trial justice should have recused. My prediction is the Supreme Court's not going to touch this. They're not going to... um, replace the judge's uh, determination on her impartiality with their own determination. I don't believe that's going to happen, but it's a very unique case to really, really push a judge who won't recuse and try to force the issue all the way to the Supreme Court. It's a very novel approach, and it'll be interesting to see what the Rhode Island Supreme Court does with this.
0: Folks, he is our legal analyst attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, great job, and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. Take care. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300, MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies, you can depend on. On MEGA MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401 431 2300. 401 431 2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today, MEGA
2: Logistics,
0: 401 431 2300.
2: Have you been thinking about updating your website? Or find Karen on the web at www.innovas.com.
0: AE Mazika Insurance Services, call today, free consultation. It's Scott and Alex, 401 353 9300. Folks, AE Mazika Insurance Services, located 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence, but you can call free consultation 401 401- 353-9300 they're licensed rhode island massachusetts and florida it's very simple they're going to help you and your family save money and maybe it's on your home insurance or life insurance business insurance auto insurance AE Mazika insurance services look for them on facebook they also have a great website it's aemazica.com call them at 401-353-9300 what about if you save 200 dollars a month it's like giving yourself a raise How about that, an extra $2,500 a year, maybe even more. And also, this time of year, make sure you're covered. Maybe it's for your motorcycle or your boat or jet skis or an RV or an off-road vehicle. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Call them today, 353-9300-401-353-9300. Let them help you save money. It all starts with one phone call. A.E. Insurance Services, 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. Why not? Let them help you save money. Give yourself a raise. 401-353-9300. Look for them on Facebook, and their website is aemazika.com. You're listening to the John DiPietro Show. Folks, weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's a.m. 1380. Remember now. Providence and North of Providence, I want you to try the 99.9 FM, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website. Visit it, petro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Right on the top on the left-hand side, you'll see where it says Listen Live. Just click on that. Anywhere in the world, you can listen while we're live on the air. And then right below that, on the dashboard, at the website, you'll see where it says Radio Show. If you ever miss any part of the show, You just click on Radio Show, and folks, boom, there it is. You can pull it up. It's all in library fashion. And remember, the uh, Facebook Live is very, very popular. Check out the Facebook page. It's John DiPietro Show on Facebook. And then you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram and also on YouTube. Again, it's all under John DiPietro Show. When your appliance is dying, just call Ryan, Ryan's Appliance Repair. Call them today, 401-710-7096, 401-710-7096, Ryan's Appliance Repair. Now, I like to tell the story. I don't mind. But one morning, I went up to uh, get up to use the dryer and just had done a wash, and suddenly it wouldn't work. Now, did I panic? No. Did I try to fix it? Don't be ridiculous. No, I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401 401- 710-7096. 7, we made an appointment. Ryan said, Juan, I'll be there at, at nine o'clock at five of nine. A truck appeared in my driveway. It said Ryan's appliance repair. He came right in, fixed the driver, uh, dryer, excuse me, within five minutes. And then I think it was about two weeks later I went to make a uh, microwave popcorn, and then suddenly the microwave wouldn't work. So what did I do? I called Ryan's appliance repair. At 401-710-7096. And then one time, even the oven wasn't working. And again, who did I call? You get the gist of the story. Ryan's Appliance Repair. 401-710-7096. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Now, Ryan offers a senior citizen's discount. All work is guaranteed for 90 days parts and labor. And he'll also do a Saturday appointment. It's Ryan's Appliance Repair. When your appliance is dying, you know who to call. Call Ryan. 401 401- Seven, ten, seventy, ninety-six.